our main sanctuary. It's very beautiful, and uh, we appreciate that. And thank you, folks, for all that you do. It's very appreciative, and we're so thankful for it. I invite your attention this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. They'll put the passages up on the wall there on the screen right behind me just momentarily. And also we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 in our reading this morning as we take a few moments and look into the word of the Lord. It's good again to have Bishop and Sister Goldsberry back home and good to have Philip Jr. here. And uh, my how time gets away. It only seems like yesterday that he was just an infant. And the time flies when you're having so much fun. Amen. Amen. I'll be the first to admit to you, from experience, our grandbabies are growing way too fast. And uh, when I stop to ponder and consider the fact I have a granddaughter that will soon be 16 years old, it just slays me. And... Uh, but that's no reflection on my age. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, the apostle, in his writing and instruction to Timothy says, Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Amen. While you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, my, didn't Brother David do an outstanding job this morning in the adult Bible class? I appreciate the quality of teaching that is being done there at that level. Tremendous. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not, who will not allow you to be tempted Beyond that you are able to bear, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Let us bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for this tremendous privilege and opportunity that we have thus far to worship you, to praise you, to hear your word as it was delivered this morning in the adult Bible class. To, Lord, feel your presence and to know the joy that we have in your salvation. I thank you for this opportunity that we have been privileged to experience here this morning to come together and to worship you and to exalt you. Now as we come to the time of the preaching of your word, I pray that you will minister through this vessel and through these lips. Lord, and anoint every word that's said, anoint each one to receive, and we will thank you for it. And it is in the name of Jesus that we do ask it today. And everyone said amen. amen. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and look at them and say, there is always a way out. Now say it with conviction, there's always a way out. And you may be seated. As you may recall, for those of you who were here last Sunday, I preached a message that I had entitled, Growing Through Temptation. And today I want to kind of sequel that one with and follow up and preach a little while on victory over temptation. Not only do we experience growth through temptation, but we also must experience victory over temptation. Amen. Once again, look at that person next to you and say, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. 
this past week I experienced an encounter with temptation like no encounter I have had in quite some time. And uh, I had stopped at a Walmart, and it was not in this local area, but I'd stopped at a Walmart to pick up a few things, and as I was checking out and getting ready to leave, two or three aisles over from me, there was this lady, young lady, that had several children, a couple boys, a girl, if I remember right, and this one boy was probably somewhere between the age of four and six years old, and he was just having a tantrum. He was in the cart kicking and screaming and slapping at her and just going berserk. And then she gets him out of the cart, and he's crying, and he's screaming, and he's kicking, and he's down on the floor. And, and uh, he is just having himself some kind of a fit. Now, the temptation was I wanted to go over and grab that boy <laughs> and show him the business end of discipline. And as I looked over and I was contemplating, and then after I would have shown him the business end of discipline, I would have pulled her aside and give her some instruction on how to discipline. And as I looked out of the corner of my eye, there was the door and I ran. <laughs> and as I'm going out the door, there's a lady sitting in the bench there, probably maybe about my age or somewhere in there, and she looked and she said, if that was my boy, I'd tear him up. I said, I'm out of here. You see, we really don't know what we're capable of until we're pushed to the limit. I was attending a men's conference a number of years ago, and let, let me just kind of share this story with you, and I'll get into the heart of our message for this morning on overcoming temptation. I was attending this men's conference in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it so happened that Pastor Paul Mooney was the keynote speaker that year. And uh, for those of you who, who may not know Pastor Mooney, he pastors Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis and has for a number of years. And he was talking about how that we really don't know what we as humans are capable of until we're pushed right to the brink. And right to the edge. Of course, he was ministering to us men, you know, and, and, and talking to us about some real serious things. And in the process of that, to illustrate his point, he shared with us a story about himself. He also was in a Walmart, and as he was checking out of this particular Walmart that he was in, there was a man that had come through, and he don't know what happened, but this man was just simply berating this cashier. And he was just cursing at her, and and just having a fit, and he'd walk away and go to the door and come back, and he would start all over again and just berate this cashier. It was unbelievable, and, and Pastor Mooney said, I just sit there, and he said, I was, I was taken back by what was transpiring, and this cashier was apologizing. It was not anything she'd even done. It was something that happened or, you know, took place back in the store, and he said, she, he just kept on, and he would walk to the door like he was leaving. He'd turn around and come back and start this again. He said, finally, he said, I don't know what come over me, he said, I ran up to this guy with everything that was in me, and I got right up in his face and told him, if you don't shut your mouth and apologize to that young lady, he said, I'm going to grab you by the head and squeeze your head and pop it like a pimple. <laughs> and he said, that guy turned and looked. He said, I'm sorry, and he shot out the door and nobody seen him anymore. And he said, everybody in the store just applauding. He said, he said I felt kind of good. I thought, you know, whew. I showed him a thing or two. He said, when I got in the car, headed home and got to relive in that moment, he said, I talked, got to talking to myself and said, Paul, 
what were you thinking? He said, that guy could have snapped you like a twig. But we really don't know, and we really don't know what we're capable of doing and what we're capable of resisting until we're right there at the edge. You see, there, are, there have, been, have been or possibly will be times when you feel that a particular temptation is too overwhelming for you to bear it. However, I want to tell you, that is a lie from Satan. God has promised in his word he will never allow us to be tempted beyond that we are able to bear. Amen. He will not permit any temptation that we cannot overcome through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. But I will tell you this. We must do our part as well by involving ourselves in what we're going to talk about this morning here, and that's four biblical principles in defeating temptation. Amen. Temptation comes, as I said last week, in a variety of, of, of formats. Just like I was telling you about in my incident over there, I was so tempted to go grab that boy. First of all, we must refocus our attention on something else when we are presented with temptation. Now, it may surprise you to learn that nowhere in the Bible are we told to resist temptation. Oh, some of you want to challenge me on that, don't you? We are told to resist the devil. Amen? And that is altogether different. And as I will elaborate on that just a little bit later on. Instead, we are admonished to refocus our attention because resisting a thought really doesn't work. The rest of the day, it was my thought. I wanted to go back and get a hold of that boy. Regardless of how much I resisted that thought, I knew it would be the wrong thing to do for me to interfere in that situation. I still wanted my thought all day long. I just, if I had got a hold of that boy, I'd have talked. I mean... You see, resisting the thought only intensifies our focus on the wrong thing and strengthens its allure. Amen? So let me explain it this way. Every time we attempt to block a thought out of our mind, we just simply drive it deeper into our memory. I'll never forget looking over there, seeing that kid just absolutely having that. I mean, he was going for it. He knew he had mom broken down and she was beyond the point of resistance and he was going to get, get everything he could out of that little tantrum. By resisting the temptation, we actually reinforce it. And this is especially, or resisting the thought, rather. We actually reinforce it. And this is especially true with temptation. We don't defeat temptation by fighting the feeling of it. And the more we fight the feeling, the more it consumes and it controls us. Amen? We strengthen it every time we just think on it because everything begins right here. Since, temp since temptation always begins with a thought, the most effective way to neutralize its allure is to turn our attention to something else. Amen. This is a good place to start. Turning our attention to something else. Don't fight the thought. Just change the channel your mind, of your mind and get interested in another idea or something else or in the Word of God, prefer preferably. And this is the first step in defeating temptation. You see... The battle for sin is won or lost in your mind. I'll give you a minute to absorb that. You've heard it said here time and time again. 
It was alluded to this morning in the adult Bible class. The battle over sin or for sin is won or lost in your mind. Whatever gets our attention will get us. And that's why Job said in Job 31 and 1, I make a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. And then David prayed in the Psalms in 119 and verse 37. He said, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. How many times have you watched a food advertisement on television and suddenly thought you were hungry? It hadn't been that long since dinner. And here comes this commercial with this great big juicy pizza loaded, I mean, to the, to the hilt for those of you pizza lovers. And, and, and there you are sitting there all at once, whoo, man. And you know if you had that pizza, that pizza at your house, you'd eat some of it. Have you ever heard someone cough and immediately felt the need to clear your throat? It all goes on up here. How many times have you watched someone release a big old yawn and you felt the urge to yawn yourself? In fact, I was standing in Dunkin' Donuts the other morning before I was getting ready to head over to Daytona Beach and I'd got me a cup of coffee and standing there and for some reason, you know, I yawned and the girl looks at me and says, don't get that started in here. I said, I'm sorry, really. In fact, as I look around here this morning, there's probably some wanting to yawn a little bit. More likely out of boredom. But, and that simply is the power of suggestion. You see, we naturally move toward whatever we focus our attention on. And the more we think about something, the stronger it takes a hold of us. For example, that is why repeating, I must stop eating too much, is a self-defeating strategy. We just got our mind on it all the time. It keeps you focused on what you don't want. And it's like announcing, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this or that or and then do you. That's all, that's all your mind is on. You see, I probably shouldn't use this, but I'm going to. Most diets don't work because they keep you thinking about food all the time. I know the diet aficionados are going to scream at me. Guaranteeing that you're going to be hungry. Because that's where your mind's at. In the same fashion, a public speaker who keeps repeating, don't be nervous, sets themselves up to be nervous. That's where your thoughts are at. You see where I'm going here? Instead, we should focus on anything except those feelings. We focus on God or the importance of what we're doing or on the needs of those we're listening to, if that might be the case. You see, temptation begins by capturing our attention. <laughs> begins by capturing our attention. Then we have a choice. And what gets our attention arouses our emotions. And then our emotions activate our behavior and we act on what we felt. Amen? And the more we focus on, I don't want to do this, the stronger it draws you into that web. Amen? And ignoring a temptation is far more effective than fighting it. There was no need me standing there and fighting the feelings I had. Because sooner or later, I ought to give in. I had to go. Once our mind is on something else, the temptation loses its power. So when temptation calls, think about this now. When temptation calls you on the phone, don't argue with it. Just hang up.
Don't argue with it, hang up. You know, sometimes it may even mean physically leaving the temptation situation. And this is one time it's okay to run away. I'm telling you, there's sometimes you'd better just run away. Get away from it. Get up, turn off the television set if there's something going on there that is, that is too alluring. Walk away from a person or group that is gossiping to avoid, you know, get away from it. To avoid getting drawn into that. You know what they say, to be avoid being stung, stay away from the bees. You go mess around the beehive, you're going to get stung. Do whatever is necessary to turn your attention to something else. You see, spiritually, our mind is the most vulnerable organ that we have. Our mind is the most vulnerable organ that we possess. And to reduce temptation, we must keep our minds occupied with God's word and other good and wholesome thoughts. Amen. We defeat bad thoughts by thinking on something better, and this is called the principal replacement, if you will. Romans 12 and 21 says, do not, be, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Satan can't get your attention when your mind is preoccupied with something else. And that's why the Bible repeatedly tells us to keep our minds focused. In fact, Paul stated it this way, writing to the church at Philippi in chapter 4 and verse 8. He said, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or if you will think on these things. Victory over temptation. Now let me say this to you. If you're one that is serious about defeating temptation, you must manage your mind and monitor your media intake. The wisest man outside of Jesus Christ who ever lived, as the Bible illustrates, said this in Proverbs 4 and 23, keep your heart, not, not this organ that pumps blood, your mind, your thoughts, your inner man. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. As a man thinketh, so is he. Does that ring a bell? Amen? Don't allow trash into your mind indiscriminately. Be very selective in what you mentally consume. Oh, we need to grasp that in this day that we live. Because the trash is abundant. Everywhere you look. The billboards driving down the highway. Everywhere you go, the trash is abundant. Be very selective in what you mentally consume. Remember, garbage in, garbage out. Choose carefully what you think about. You see, we must follow Paul's model as he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 5, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Uh, now, I will admit, this takes a lifetime of practice. It just doesn't happen overnight. As I said last week, we're going to deal with temptation till the day we take our last breath, or he calls us home. Amen? At some level. You'll deal with temptation. 
It may be the temptation to butt your nose into things where it doesn't belong. It may be lost after another, uh, uh, someone else. It may be, who knows what it might be. It just runs a whole gamut of things that it could involve. However, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can reprogram the way we think. Step number two, or principle number two, I guess we should call it, is we need to reveal our struggle to a godly friend or a support group. This is going to make some of you nervous, but stay with me. As I know someone's going to say, but Pastor, I tried that once. I went to so-and-so, confided in them, expressed to them I was having some issues and some problems, asked them to pray for me. Next week, everybody in the church knew. It happens. But I'll tell you what, if it happens here, you go to that person and confront them. If they don't repent and make it right, you come and get me and we'll go to them together. If they don't repent and make it right, we'll bring it to the church. If they won't hear the church, uh-oh. Is that not the biblical way? Amen. Okay, we got that squared away. It's not necessary to broadcast any issues that you may have or any problems overcoming temptation to the whole world, but we need at least one person that we can honestly share our struggles with. Amen. You need somebody to help you. Amen. The Bible declares in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion... That's in the Bible. One will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I dare say that there's going to be times in our lives that every one of us is going to have to have some help getting up. Something's going to come along and knock you down. We need someone to help us up. Amen? Now, let me be very clear. If you're, if you're losing the battle against a persistent bad habit or an addiction or a temptation and you're stuck in a repeating cycle of good intention and failure and guilt. You'll not get better on your own. You need the help of other people. You need the help of the church. We all need the help of other people. Amen. I need your prayers. We need one another's prayers. We need one another's help. Amen. Some temptations are only overcome with the help of those around us. A small prayer group or a partner who prays with and for us, encourages us, and holds us accountable. We need accountability. Amen. Amen. God's plan for our growth and freedom includes other believers. Can you say amen? God's plan for our growth includes other believers. It includes you, it includes me, it includes one another, it includes our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? That's his plan. Authentic, honest fellowship, and I emphasize, authentic, honest fellowship is the antidote to our lonely struggle against those sins that sometimes just will not budge. Hallelujah. The Word of God says it's the only way you're going to break free. James 5 and 16 declares to us, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Look it up. Confess your trespasses, or your Bible probably say faults, one to another. Which sounds better, faults or trespasses? 
I don't know. I'm just asking. What, what's your preference? I can say it either way. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You see, the question then remains, do we really want to be healed of any persistent temptation that keeps defeating us over and over and over and over? God's solution is very, very plain and very simple. Don't repress it. Confess it. I'm not talking about getting on a microphone up here. You don't want to do that. Don't repress it, confess it, don't conceal it, reveal it at the foot of the cross of Calvary at a good altar and confess it. Tell someone close to you, someone you can confide in. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Hiding your hurt only intensifies it. Amen. You see, problems grow in the dark and become bigger and bigger. But when they're exposed to the light of truth, they shrink. Light dispels darkness. Amen? We are only as sick as our secrets. So it's time we take off the mask, stop pretending we're perfect, and walk into freedom. Brother David was talking about it so eloquently taught this morning. Understand the freedom that we can walk in. Knowing that he understands every one of our shortcomings and our, and our failures and our idiosyncrasies. And you see, the truth is Satan wants you to think that your sin and temptation are unique to you. And you must keep them hid away in some dark corner because, my God, I just no one has ever had to go through this before. It's a lie. The truth is we're all in the same boat. We all fight the same temptations at one time or another and all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what my Bible tells me. Many have felt the way you're feeling and have faced the same struggles that you and I face from day to day and from moment to moment. Amen. You and I are no different. We all face the struggles at one time and at one point in our life. Oftentimes the reason we hide or our faults is, is oftentimes it's just simply pride. We want others to think that we have everything under control. I, I, you know, I like the idea of being in control. I like the idea of having everything just tucked away nice and neat. And I know rarely does that happen, but I like it. And that's generally the motivator behind that. We want folks to think we have everything under control. And the truth is, whatever we can't talk about is already out of control in our life. Ooh, hallelujah. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. You're not going to solve the situation or temptation on your own. I will admit it's humbling to admit our weaknesses to others. Oftentimes we learn them just by observation. We observe somebody, we doesn't take too long to figure out their weaknesses. And uh, however, the lack of humility is the very thing that is keeping oftentimes individuals from getting better. You see, the Bible says in James chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Therefore, submit to God. The next principle is that we must resist the devil. After we have humbled ourselves and submitted to God, we are then told to simply, stating it no, no other way, to defy the devil. De resist the devil is to defy him. 
resist the devil. Amen? And the remainder of verse 7 of James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, you understand, we must not passively, passively resign ourselves to his attacks. We are to fight back. And the New Testament often describes the born-again believer's life as a spiritual battle against evil forces using war terms such as fight and conquer and strive and overcome. And believers are in the Bible are oftentimes compared to soldiers serving in enemy territory. Amen? And perhaps you may be wondering, well, how can I resist the devil when I'm, I'm really no match for him? And, and I'll admit that we're no match for him on our own. I wouldn't even dream of going after him on my own merits and on my own stamina and my own ability. But I do know where I can go and get shelter under the blood of the cross of Calvary. Amen? Amen. Paul says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is the only offensive piece of equipment that we have in this arsenal of armor in our warfare. And we can take the sound word of God and put the adversary to flight. We can cast, get him out of our thoughts. We can get him out of our minds. We can get him out of our business through the power of this word. Amen. Obviously, the first step is to accept salvation through Jesus Christ. We all agree to that, right? You won't be able to say no to the devil unless you said yes to Jesus Christ. And without Jesus Christ, we are defenseless against the devil. However, with the helmet of salvation, our minds are protected by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Remember this. Now, there was a comedian years and years ago. I've seen on television a few times. That would always say, the devil made me do it. Well, let me, let me tell you this. If you're a born-again believer, Satan cannot force you to do anything. He can only suggest. So, when you tell me, a Pastor, you don't understand, the devil made me do it, I'm going to say, oh, no, he didn't. You're born again. No, no, no. Second, we must use the Word of God as our weapon against Satan. Jesus modeled this when he was tempted in the wilderness. Every time that Satan suggested a temptation, Jesus countered it by quoting Scripture. he come after him like a freight train with Scripture. Jesus did not argue with Satan. He didn't say, Ah, oh, duh, you're lying, I'm not hungry. He'd been in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving to death. He didn't stand there and say, no, I'm not hungry. He was hungry. But he defeated him with the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He shot back at the devil with. He simply quoted scripture from memory. You see, it's important that we do the same. There is power in God's word and Satan fears it. Amen. 
As I was ushering my way out the door of the Walmart, I was quoting Scripture in my, under my breath. Ooh, get out of here, preacher. Amen. <clears throat> there is power in God's Word, and Satan fears the Word of God. I tell you, he fears the Word of God. Second, or, or don't, let, me, let me say this. Don't ever attempt to argue with the devil. Don't do it. As I'm telling you right now, he's better at arguing than you are. He's had thousands of years to practice. We can't bluff Satan with logic or opinion, but we can use the weapon that makes him tremble, and that is the Word of God. The truth of God's Word will make him tremble. And this is one reason why memorizing Scripture is really essential in defeating temptation. That gives us quick access into whenever we are tempted, we have quick access to the Word of God. We need to have truth stored in our heart, ready to be remembered and used. It has been said, if you don't have any Bible verses memorized, you've got no bullets in your gun. Now, I can't vouch for the veracity of that statement, but it does make a lot of sense to me. Again, it's been said that if you don't have any Bible verses memorized, you've got no bullets in your gun. You know, I challenge you to memorize one verse a week for the rest of your life. And just imagine with me for a moment how much stronger you will be when those moments come and you can draw from your inner being the Word of God and stand strong against the adversary. Let me close with this. We must realize our vulnerability. None of us is above falling to temptation. None of us is above sin. Not a one of us. I don't care how spiritual we may think we may be. We better be careful not to think of ourselves more highly as Brother David brought this morning than we ought to think. We must realize our vulnerability. See, the Word of God warns us never to get cocky and overconfident as that is a sure, sure, sure recipe for disaster. Jeremiah said in chapter 17, in the first part of verse 9, he said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's what Jeremiah recorded in his prophetic writings. He said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You see, that, simply that means to me we're really good at fooling ourselves. A lot of times when I think I've got all in control, I have to stop and step back and realize I'm a mess. Amen. Given the right circumstances, any of us are capable of sin. So I use the illustration, the story that Pastor Mooney illustrated to us, that we don't know what we're capable of until we're placed at that moment. We must never let down our guard and think we're beyond temptation. Friends, we can't afford to do that because it will get you. Don't carelessly place yourself in tempting situations. Abstain. That's what Paul was writing about when he said abstain from the very 
appearance of evil. Don't place yourself in a situation where you can be trapped to the lure of temptation. Amen? Avoid them. Remember that it is easier to stay out of temptation than it is to get out of it. And that makes sense? It's easier to stay out of it than it is to get out of it. The Bible says this as you stand this morning. And I thank you for indulging me in a message I felt compelled I must preach. In fact, if my memory serves me correctly, this next verse that I'm going to close with Brother David also used in the adult class. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, Paul writes, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Amen. Through the power, presence of the Holy Spirit, we can stand victorious over temptation. Amen. How many of you want to be victorious over the various array of temptations that come flooding your way? In day-to-day living. I invite you today to take these four principles that I have illustrated to you and apply them to your life and know that in a world where temptation abounds on every side, we can have victory over temptation. If you're here this morning, and you've been struggling and battling with whatever it might be, sickness, health, temptation, a diversity of things. I'm offering to you the invitation to come forward and let us pray with you and pray for you. If you're sick in body and struggling with an illness, we would love to pray for you and believe that God is going to make you whole. If you're struggling with temptation, we have a deliverer in the house today. Hallelujah. As they sing, I invite those of you that may want to come to come forward and we'll pray.